This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by Tyler Vasquez for Kickoff in the Valley, our brother Odyssey podcast. Um, he covers the Cardinals um, down in Arizona. And with the Vikings and Cardinals meeting this weekend, we figured why not just team up and, and, and knock this thing out of the park? Tyler, how you doing? I'm good, bud. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We stay, appreciate stay you warm. filling in. So far, so good. Um, I think we had like a 50 degree day yesterday, which in late October, you can't complain about. Uh, it's I, I a little different that. with you guys, right? Like, Well, I asked that for my own selfish reasons. I, I'm hopping on a flight Saturday to go to Minnesota and I'm waiting to see, uh, you know, how bad it's going to be and how many layers I've got to be in. Yeah, it's uh, so it's like we're, we live on pretty much opposite schedules, right? Like you guys just don't go outside in the summer because it's too hot and we don't go exactly. outside in the winter because it's too cold. So, yeah, so you'll be got, at the game on Sunday. Yes, sir. We, we've gotten a, a weird kind of cold front uh, the last, I don't know, three or four days where I thought I was escaping uh, some heat, but now I'm just going from cold to cold and it's going to be maybe a dif- different layers or, or different degrees of cold. Uh, so we'll, we'll see, but yeah, I'll be at the game Sunday where, uh, I actually own what's called bird gang travel. We are a Arizona Cardinal fan travel company, um, or an Arizona Cardinal inspired fan travel company. Don't want to get sued by the team. Uh, but so we, we actually, you know, we follow the team around, we throw these big parties and events. Uh, we're doing a big tail. Well, I wouldn't say a big tailgate for Minnesota, but it'll probably be 30, 40, 50 fans, uh, getting together prior to, to the game. That's awesome. That's that's really cool. And I'm looking at the weather right now. We got high of 66 on Saturday, high of 62 on Sunday. So you'll be I all right. I th- I yeah, think, I'll I take it'll that. Be okay. That's Perfect. good. Well, let's just kind of hop in. I mean, um, I'm joining you guys later on Thursday. We're recording on Thursday. So I'm joining you guys later to kind of break down the Vikings. But but glad to have you on to kind of break down the Cardinals. Um, just kind of a kind of a weird season to this point. I feel like every team in the NFL could pretty much say that like this, this league year as a whole has felt a little abnormal so far, but like, how do you kind of break down the Cardinals to this point? Three and four, I guess some at sometimes feeling like they're struggling, but still only a game back in, in the NFC West. So kind of a 30,000 foot view of the team, you know, what are the Vikings dealing with this Sunday? Uh, a car crash. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what it is. Where, where when you see one on the highway, you got a rubber neck, and and you, you can't help but look right. Like that's kind of the Cardinals right now. Um, and I hate to be so down on my team, uh, especially coming off a win against the Saints last Thursday uh, on, on Thursday Night Football on Prime. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people nationally now got to see see the Cardinals. You know, I don't know how many people have been watching them throughout the season uh, outside of Arizona. Um, you know, this team is supposed to be built by an explosive offense and it's been anything, but, uh, it, it, the Cardinals are, I think they're eighth in spending on, on offense in the league. And then they're like 32nd, 31st, somewhere around there, uh, in defensive spending. So the idea was let's put all these weapons, all these tools around Kyler Murray, and let's just live and die by our offensive guru, head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and ultimately the defense we've invested a lot of draft picks so let's let the young guys play and see what happens um i don't think anyone expected this defense to play as well as it has 
And really, that's been the the backbone of this team is this defense. They've kept them in games, limiting teams to you know around twenty points, uh, just just helping it to where the offense should theoretically be putting up twenty plus, but they just haven't been. Uh, the Cardinals have been getting off to very slow starts when it comes to the opening drive to the first half. I, I mean, sometimes recently it's almost been like, okay, only one quarter is really bad, whether it's the first quarter or the second, where the first few games it was like, oh, the entire first half is really bad. So uh, that's something, again, they'll look to try to correct in Minnesota and get off to a quick start again. And and as we're eight weeks in, you're, you're hoping uh, we'll see something different. Sure. We'll we'll talk like big picture NFC here um, in the next segment, but just kind of continuing this breakdown. I, I like the car crash metaphor. It's like it's so bad you can't look away at, at times, right? But mm-hmm. how do you how do you kind of look at you know with DeAndre Hopkins back in the lineup, um, the splits with him in the lineup comparative to when he is not in the lineup are significant. I know Hollywood Brown goes down in, in the midst of a career year, but is the presence of DeAndre Hopkins enough in your opinion to kind of push this offense forward? Or is this something that is going to continue to be a problem throughout this year? Just um, judging by what you've seen to this point out of the offense. Yeah. I mean, this, this offense goes when DeAndre Hopkins goes, I mean, we saw it last Mm -hmm. year when healthy, uh, they were one of the best offenses and best teams in the, in the NFL. Uh, through what seven eight games so when when we look at and then you look at Thursday Hopkins first night back again those slow starts he didn't get very involved in the first quarter starts to to get going a little bit in the second quarter it almost looked like there was some frustration on the bench between Mm -hmm. Kyler and Hopkins where Hopkins like hey man get me the ball uh, he ended up with 14 targets, 10 receptions, 103 yards, no touchdowns, but those will come here uh, as the season goes on and, and Hob gets reacclimated to the offense. Um, what's really unfortunate for this team is, like you were saying, Hollywood Brown was acquired probably because they knew DeAndre Hopkins was going to be suspended. And uh, mm-hmm. so they trade that first round pick to get Hollywood Brown. A lot of people at the time said, ah, oh, he has drop problems. Ah, he's, you know, is he worth a first round pick? Uh, I, you know, looking at his production before the injury here, Hollywood Brown was, you know, top five receiver in the NFL. So, um, what's unfortunate is you were hoping to see now Hollywood Brown's going against, you know, the top defender, uh, in the secondary for, for many teams. And, and now when week six hits, you're hoping, or week seven hits, you're hoping Hopkins comes back what can Hollywood Brown now do with a healthy DeAndre Hopkins when now you can't guard him, you can't double them both. So what's going to happen there? Well, now we don't get to see that for probably a month. So, you know, what, what, for the Vikings sake this weekend, it's, it's uh, probably a little bit helpful that we're not going to have that two headed monster. Uh, You know, I know you guys have had, uh, obviously you've got an impact player in yourself and Justin Jefferson, and then also Adam Thielen. I've always been a big Adam Thielen guy. Um, This was going to be our kind of duo. So uh, with Zach Ertz in the middle. So Mm -hmm. what you're going to see this Sunday is, is Hopkins makes this team go. If you could somehow shut him down, uh, that would be the key to to probably slowing down this offense. Uh, now again, this offense doesn't get started quick, so it's just containing them throughout the game. Um, I would say, you know, what was interesting last week about DeAndre Hopkins is uh, they used them very heavy in the slot more than they've ever have. 
uh, and they moved him around a lot. One of the knocks on Cliff Kingsbury is for being quote unquote an offensive guru is all of his play calling is uh, has a lot to be desired, right? It's very Mm -hmm. basic. Uh, They're not doing much that's different and it's very easy to figure out. So when we've looked at last year, DeAndre Hopkins, the big criticism was he only played on one side of the field more games than none. I mean, they didn't move him around. They didn't have him go across field. They didn't do anything like that. And when you've got a player like that, that can get open, you want to, you want to get mismatches. You want to get things that are, are going to create more opportunities. Well, then this year when Hopkins was out, you looked at Hollywood Brown's play chart and same thing only on one side of the field. So it's kind of like cliff. Are we creative or are we not? Um, but now the, the sign of hope is, like I said, last week against the saints, uh, Hopkins was moved all around the field. He was used a lot in the slot. And from what I read the other day, I believe the Vikings are ranked dead last in the NFL in coverage on slot receivers. So if they do that again, uh, I I think for those fantasy owners, you might want to queue up, uh, for a large day for Deandre Hopkins on the other side. Uh, if you have a Irv Smith, the Cardinals can't stop a tight end to save their life. So uh, <laughs> definitely plug him in your lineup as well. Look at that. We're versatile. We're, we're a fantasy football podcast too. There you go. Uh, you you are right. Like the Vikings ranked dead last in, in coverage of a slot receiver. They're also 28th in the league, giving up 272 yards per game to opposing passing offenses. So the Vikings play this, this shell coverage with, with Ed Donatel. It's, it's kind of derived from the Vic Bangio scheme where, you play high to low and make the the offense be patient. Uh, maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll force Kyler to make mistakes at, at times. But I, I do foresee a big day out of DeAndre Hopkins just because the Vikings consistently this year have have been willing to give up the chunk plays, give up the you know the ten yard in over the middle or the the you know the fifteen yard dig over the top, so not to get beat deep. Um, so I could see DeAndre Hopkins making an impact in in, in that sense um, with how the Vikings have just kind of played defensively this year. I want to ask you about Kyler Murray because this defense for the Vikings is predicated on we're fine, we'll bend, we'll bend, we just won't break in the end. Um, we're going to make the opposing quarterback be patient to the point where if they aren't, if they get a little bit rushed in their delivery, they will make a mistake. It's, it's almost assuming mistakes on the opposite side of the ball. How is Kyler Murray going to fare with that? Um, in your opinion, will he be able to kind of be patient, be that person who can take what the defense is giving him? Or is, is as we've seen at times in the past with Kyler, be a turnover prone guy? Like, will that bother him to the point where he's taking unnecessary risks down the field? And, and perhaps that's leading to turnovers for, for the Cardinals. Well, Kyler Murray, one thing that's good about him is is he is pretty safe with the football. I mean, he did have a couple of interceptions the last the, the first few weeks. He did not have any against the Saints. Um, uh, Kyler Murray, when focused, is probably a top five quarterback in the NFL. Uh, we saw that last year. We've seen that the year before. We've yet to see that this year. Um, so... I don't know it, it. There is an internal, which isn't so internal because it's been caught on camera now in two different games, um, kind of strife between Ky- uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Um, you've seen them kind of go at it on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. So 
it, it, it really depends what Kyler Murray shows up this weekend. I'll tell you that. Um, if Kyler Murray uses his legs more than 10 times, they typically win the game. I think they're 11 and two uh, in games that he's run over 10 times. So, you know, you're going to get a, a combo with Kyler, right? He's going to, he's, he's got, like, like I said, a lot of weapons. He's got uh, the, the, he's got the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins of the world. He's got the Zach Ertz. They just drafted a tight end of the second round, Trey McBride, uh, in addition to uh, Rondell Moore, who's explosive in his own right, probably one of the fastest players on the field. Uh, they've also got a guy that some people became acquainted with, depends how, how you look at it on the outside, but Greg Dortch, uh, mm -hmm. who's who's a very explosive guy. He was probably number, he was number one in NFL separation. I don't know if he is anymore because he hasn't played much since Rondo Moore came back, but they uh, benched A.J. Green last week. So uh, in favor of playing Rondell Moore more, or I mean not Rondell Moore, sorry, in favor of playing Greg Dortch more. So I think you're going to see that again. So when it comes to Kyler Murray, um, He's got the weapons. He's got everything on the field. It sucks that he doesn't have uh, Hollywood Brown to, to rely on. And then the other thing is, like I said, he's got his legs. So mm -hmm. I don't think any defenses scare him, so to speak, unless it's that Rams defense that they played in the uh, playoff game last year uh, where he just <laughs> threw like some ugly pass out of the end zone um, for a pick six. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, whatever the Vikings do, I, I, I don't think Kyler Murray is going to be too alarmed, but again, it's one of those things where are him and Cliff on the same page, because that's kind of been the problem. And I think that's led to the frustration. You'll see it at least once or twice this week where, uh, the play clock will run out. They'll burn a timeout. They did it three times last game. And I get it. This happens with quarterbacks every game maybe every couple games but with the cardinals it literally happens twice a game probably on average i want to find the stat i'm gonna go like watch every game and see how many times we burn timeouts to avoid the play clock running out because it literally is every game and it, it that's where you see the tension start boiling over between cliff and kyler and um you know i i don't know whose fault it is i've had former players on our podcast say you know, that's Cliff Kingsbury not getting the call in on time. And then I've had other people say, well, it looks like when Kyler's getting mad, he's saying Cliff is jumping the gun and calling timeout when Kyler feels like he's at, has it under control. So we'll see what, what, what we get this Sunday when it comes to how much they're on the same page. Yeah, it should be an interesting matchup Sunday nonetheless. When we come back, a little bit more about Kyler Murray and then just kind of a breakdown of the NFC as a whole.